Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. And I'm Lucas. So, with Lucas here, uh, we are doing our AL West preview. So, we've done the other five divisions in Major League Baseball, and now it's down to Out West in the American League. So, before we get into the AL West, they do have the reigning AL MVP, Mike Trout. They do have the best baseball player under five foot five in Jose Altuve. And Lucas, what you have any general thoughts on the division this year? Could be more competitive than people think. The Mariners, uh, their GM, they just make tons of moves. And this is probably maybe the best Mariners team they've had in a while. Uh, the A's and Astros look to compete. You just can't count out the athletics. They don't, on paper, they don't look great. But you just can't count out Billy Bean and Bob Melvin. You just can't do it. And the Angels, they've, they're have they better than last year. I will say that, and we'll get more into that here uh, in a minute, is actually the Angels are the first team we're going to cover. <clears throat> yeah, so getting started off on the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, uh, which I still think that name is stupid, but they wanted that L.A. market money, so who am I to take that money away from them? Uh, so, Lucas, what do you have for the Angels this year? You know, they have the Hall of Famer and Pujols and perennial MVP favorite Mike Trout. What What do you got for us on the Angels this year? Mike Trout, obviously, best player in baseball. Five full seasons, two MVPs, three second-place finishes. He's the favorite to win MVP again this year. Uh, the Angels, they've retooled their lineup. Uh, the two bigger-type names they brought over this year, actually three, that they got in the offseason was Martin Maldonado, who was a part-time catcher with the Brewers, but he's a decent receiver. Not a great bat, but better than what they used last year. Cameron Mabin, uh, he used to be a huge prospect, never quite lived up to it, but they had some outfield problems uh, last year outside of Mike Trout, and they're going to use Mabin. They're hoping to use him. He hasn't had a great spring but he's got the tools. He's going to get every chance in that line, uh, on that team. And finally, they uh, got Danny Espinosa, who used to play for the Nationals. He was kind of expendable for the Nationals with uh, Trey Turner uh, going to go back from center field back to shortstop, and that moves uh, some other pieces around on that team. So they really didn't need him anymore. He's a solid glove, going to play second base. So him and Andrelton Simmons is shortstop. Be a pretty good double play combination. Should have some good defense. And he'll add just a little bit more pop to that lineup. Yeah, so Lucas, before we get into the actual lineups, what I want to know and what I'm sure a lot of Angels fans want to know is how much longer is the leash on Mike Sosha? He's had the longest leash I've seen. You know, especially in today's age. He, they thought he was going to lose his job um, because he was being resistant to sabermetric type stuff, but apparently he's gotten on board with that now. That 2002 World Series they won against the Giants really bought him a lot of time. Now, obviously, you have the best player in baseball, and then you paid Albert Pujols a ton of money, so you expect to win, but they had so many injuries last year in their in their starting rotation that you know, you knew from the get-go they weren't going to compete, and it was just kind of, does Mike Sosha get a little more time because of the injuries? And right now he does. He is a respected manager in the game. There's 
he has a nice little tree out from under him. Bud Black coached under him. Joe Madden coached under him. So that's just two uh, major league guys right there that is from under Mike Sosa. And so he's, you know, if he does get fired, he's going to find a job pretty soon. He's not going to be done. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people do like and respect Mike Sosha. So it'll be nice to see, you know, even if he isn't able to get the job done in the with the Angels organization, that he'll still be around baseball. So, Lucas, what do you have for us on the Angels lineup this year? Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see Yunel Escobar uh, leading off playing third base. Cole Calhoun maybe batting second if they don't want Mike Trout batting second. I know on these podcasts I've said over and over again that you have your best player. Their teams are, are moving toward having their best player bat second. I just think if they have someone that can get on base in front of Mike Trout, the more people you have on, the better. Obviously, Pujols, he's been dealing with some uh, plantar fasciitis for the last couple of years. He's had the surgery this offseason. He may not be ready to go opening day, but he's not going to miss much of the season. Obviously, Pujols, Hall of Fame player, great career in St. Louis. Contrary to popular beliefs, he's having a great career in Anaheim, too. He, you know, his average ain't there anymore. His career average is still above 300, but he still doesn't strike out a ton. He's still hitting between 30 and 40 home runs and getting 100-plus RBIs. And it was, it's just hard to compare those numbers that he put up in St. Louis to anything. I mean, those were... It's his, clearly his prime. It was a historic 10 years that he had in St. Louis. So to say that he hasn't still been a good hitter in with the Angels is absurd. Right, and I'd read something today that the only people... There's only three other guys that have hit as many home runs and struck out as less as Pujols has, and it's Hank Aaron, Mel Ott, and Babe Ruth. That's pretty good company to be yeah, in. Yeah, that, that's that's great company. Um, behind Pujols, though, it does get real real thin. You don't you, These aren't guys that you're going to rely on to drive in, anyone that gets on base. And so, you know, right now you got C.J. Crone batting fifth. Maybe they put Calhoun back there, maybe a little power if he keeps his power up. Um, you want someone powerful to bat behind Pujols, though, because he is not fast on the bases. So, you know, the more doubles or home runs someone batting the five-hole hit, the better you are if yeah, you're the Angels. Yeah, Pujols isn't going to go from first to home on a double. So, behind him, though, Cameron, uh, it's going to be a mixed match. So, Cameron Maven, Danny Espinosa, Angleton Simmons, Martin Maldonado. Espinosa does have the potential to be a good three-hole or two-hole hitter if they don't go with Mike Trout there. So, that'd be interesting. I think right now uh, Mike Sosa is going to have to play around with this lineup a little bit see what works but the number one thing is protection for Mike Trout he's got to have protection oh yeah and as long as Pujols keeps doing what he's been doing these last few years that should be enough protection behind Mike Trout to keep teams from just going all Barry Bonds on him and walking him with the bases loaded yeah um so they do have some nice guys on the bench here Ben Revere's had a long career he's pretty fast he's on the downhill slope so he might get some playing time in the outfield if someone struggles. If you know, for instance, if Maven doesn't hit, then you know you got him. And then they also got Luis Valbuena, who he used to play for the Cubs. He was actually traded from the Cubs to the Astros for Dexter Fowler. Um, so you know, as a Cubs fan, happy about that. <laughs> um, so, and anyways, Valbuena, 
you know, he probably is going to get more playing time than a normal bench guy. He may even end up starting at third base if Escobar falters. But Escobar, he's pretty decent. So I don't know. Maybe Valbrena learns to play first base if C.J. Crone struggles. But Valbrena does have 20 home run power potential. Yeah, he does. And do you have anyone more on that bench, or do we want to start getting into the starting pitching I think there's G-Man staff? Choi. He's another guy from Korea that or Japan. I'm not even sure. He's one of them guys that's just signed over, see what you got. Um, so he's, he's just a bench piece for them at the moment. Going to the rotation. Uh, so I think Garrett Richards is going to be the opening day starter. It's interesting because early last season – he got hurt, and they said he needed Tommy John surgery, but he opted not to. He went through some experimental stuff, um, kind of like stem cell injections maybe. So, And he was on like a rehab program. And you know, right now they're saying he, it's successful. I think they're going to cringe every time he goes out there to throw. They're going to be worried that next pitch is going to be the one that does it. But if this is something that works... You just cut the recovery time, and Tommy, you don't go under the knife. You just go to the rehab. Normally, you know, he wouldn't be back till this happened in April last year. So, you know, even liberally, you would say July he would be back this year. Oh, yeah. If not miss the whole season, though, because that's been the trend of some of these guys is just you're going to miss a season and a half, maybe two sometimes, like Matt Harvey. <clears throat> um. Matt Shoemaker had a good year last year, so he'll be their number two. They have Ricky Nolasco, Tyler Skaggs, Bud Norris was in the spring training roster. Not sure yet if he's made the team or not. Former Cardinal killer Bud Norris, that is. I forgot about that. Yeah. Didn't he even pitch for the Cardinals at one point, or am I thinking of a different Norris? No, different Norris. Uh, Bud Norris pitched for the Astros when they were really bad, and they were still in the National League Central. And, man, he just killed them. I, every time he pitched, the Astros had like 50 wins one year. And I think that <laughs> I think that Norris had seven of those wins against the Cardinals. It was ridiculous. So, well, and this isn't a great rotation, but man, Matt Shoemaker and Garrett Richards could be a nice one too if Richards can pitch like he did before they thought he needed Tommy John surgery. Oh, absolutely. The bullpen, their closure is going to be at least starting the season is going to be Cam Bradrosian. Uh Houston Streets banged up. Don't really know when he's going to be back. They do expect him back. Jesse Chavez is in the bullpen. He actually might be a starter. He's one of them guys that could go either way. They got Yasmero Petit. He used to pitch for the Giants. And Andrew Bailey. So this is not the worst pitching staff I've seen. It's not the greatest. But, you know, the Angels, they... I feel like they're just wasting Mike Trout. I mean, he's 25, so you can't say you're wasting the prime of his career because, like I said before, statistically, you're into your prime at 26, 27 years old. But still, he's the best player on the planet, and you're surrounding him with a bunch of nobodies in Albert Pujols. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of sad for Mike Trout. He's kind of in the Andrew Luck situation right now. But There's, No one's got enough to justify a trade Yeah, for I... Mike Trout. Like, everyone wants to play, like, what would we have to give up for Mike Trout? But I was reading someone, and, you know, I'm a huge Cubs fan. I hate to bring him up again. But they were talking, like, what would the Cubs have to trade out of their stockpile of riches to get Mike Trout? And one guy said it'd have to be Kyle Schwarber, uh, Javier Baez, and Ian Happ, and Addison Russell. What? Them four guys for Mike Trout. 
Or they said the shorter trade would be Chris Bryant and Schwarber for Mike Trout. And, you know, so that's just a kind of, that's how Mike Trout's rightfully valued in this league. So no one's got the, you know, unless he absolutely just comes out and says, and he's got like four years left on his deal in Anaheim. So unless he comes out and says, you need to trade me, I'm not re-signing with you guys. He's untradeable. Yeah, and you can't trade a once-in-a-lifetime talent away for anything less than that. So I don't blame the Angels for not, making a trade but they just they don't have a good farm system either it's, yeah last couple of years have been ranked toward the bottom like literally at the bottom like them and the marlins just terrible so they need to but they do have new front office guys that started last year so they're trying to make some trades get some younger guys draft some guys try to build it up so hopefully they can come up with some good arms and some good bats before uh, mike trout is dalbert pools age yeah, absolutely. You hope that for Mike well, Trout. Pujols is going to miss the next great Angels team. Oh, yeah. But whatever. He's going to keep cashing them checks. Father time is undefeated. So, Lucas, do you have anything more for us on the Angels before we get into the Astros? Just uh, two names to keep an eye on. Matt Thais at first base and Jamey Jones in the outfield. That's about their two best prospects. I don't think they're highly ranked. Highly touted, but that's their best right now. So they may see some time this year, might be next year. But this farm system needs a lot of work. But any team that's got Mike Trout, if they get a couple healthy years, eh, who's to say they, I mean, they could make a run. They could make a run. I honestly do think they could make a run in this AL West. Yeah, and that would be very interesting to see. Uh, So moving on to our next team in the AL West, the Houston Astros. So the Astros made the playoffs in 2015 and maybe kind of took a little bit of a step back last year. How do you think about that, Lucas? Well, they got off to a slow start last year, and that's what did it. They just yeah. had a terrible April, and that really set them that really set them back. But here's the key about that was their Cy Young Award winner in 2015, uh, Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel, yes. He, he did not pitch good last year. He's coming into this season hurt. Lots of scouts and executives don't think he's the pitcher he was in 2015. They think 2015 was an outlier, not a indication of what kind of career he's going to have. So this is a big year for him. I think this year we'll see, you know, what he really is going to be as long as he gets healthy. Yeah, and they do have a good young core of position players that I really like. And, you know, they have their DH this year of Carlos Beltran, who's not young, uh, but they do have some good, nice pieces. Uh, anything you want to hit on before we get into the lineup? No, I'm just ready to jump in the lineup. Because All right, it's a let's lineup get it. That deserves some attention. It's a good one. So we know for a fact that their first four batters are going to be George Springer leading off, Alex Bregman at third base, Jose Altuve at second, batting three, Carlos Correa shortstop at four. After that. You're going to make the case for either Carlos Beltran at DH or Brian McCann catching at 5 and 6. Josh Reddick at 7. Yuliski Gurriel at first base. And probably Nori Aoka in center field um, batting in the 9 hole. Nori, a former Brewers, great. Yeah, and, you know, I always kind of liked him. I don't know at this point if he how much playing time he's going to get. 
Uh, they had some uh, younger guys that can play outfield. Evan Gaddis can play a little outfield. George Springer can move over to the... And I think this is what's going to happen because Evan Gaddis has got out-of-this-world power. And they're still projecting him to have, you know, close to 30 home runs this year. And he doesn't even have a starting spot. He's going to oh. catch a few days to give Brian McCann some breaks. He's going to DH some to give Beltron some breaks. And he can play a little outfield, so they may move Springer over and let him play some right or left or something like that. Um, so they do got some uh, power on their bench. Uh, Jake Mareznik played quite a bit last year in the majors. Marwin Gonzalez had a cup of coffee. Um, what's interesting about the Astros is they have Yuliski Gurriel playing first base, and they signed him last year from Cuba. He showed up about August in the majors. He was a third baseman over there, but they had drafted Alex Bregman, and he was good enough to play third base, and he's going to be a superstar in the league, by the way. So they kind of had a hole at first base, even though they've tried their damnedest not to. A few years ago, they had John Singleton, who they liked so much, that, and he's such a big prospect that they talked him into signing like a five-year deal for $12 million. Smart on John Singleton's part, because I don't even think he's on the team anymore. Wow. Just so bad. And so it was kind of a it was kind of a win-win, lose-lose for both of them, because he got $12 million that he didn't deserve. $12 million isn't going to cripple a Major League Baseball team. Yeah. So they were just able to let go, and they're eating a little bit of money, but sometimes you have to do that. But then they had two other first-base prospects they really liked, and A.J. Reed and Tyler White, and neither one of them has came out and grabbed the job and said, this is mine. They've both struggled like John Singleton. They're better than John Singleton, but they haven't proven their worth yet. Um, so that's why Gurriel's going to play some first base. And you know, So unless Tyler White or A.J. Reed really turns it on, uh, it looks like their first baseman is going to be Gurriel. Now, I'm just, I'm just spitballing ideas here with uh, these first base prospects and some of these prospects that didn't turn out. Maybe, and this is just pure speculation, someone got into maybe their uh, computer system, changed some uh, fives to some nines, and uh, they drafted the wrong guys. That, you know what? I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Corporate espionage. Uh, I figured any time I could give you a chance to rag on the Cardinals, you'd jump all over it. Well, you know, I just don't believe that the higher-ups in St. Louis didn't know what was going on from their director of scouting or player development yeah. or whatever. And that dude's doing some hard time in club fed right now. Yes, he is. So, Lucas, uh, what do you have on the Astros starting pitching staff this year? Uh, Dallas Keuchel, Lance McCoolers, Colin McHugh, Joe Musgrove, Mike Fierce, Charlie Morton. It's going to be a mixed match of them guys. A couple of them are kind of – Dallas Keuchel's a little banged up. Uh, McCullers or McHugh – I get them too confused. You guys will have to forgive me. As much as I know, I get them too confused. But one of them is starting the season on DL, and I want to say it's McHugh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Joe Musgrove pitched a few games last year, and the Astros did pretty good. They're talking about him being in the AL Rookie of the Year race. So if he turns out, then that's going to be that's going to be real good for them. Uh, they could definitely use it, especially with questionable health of two thirds two-fifths of their rotation i should say talking about the rotation though and this will kind of segue get into the segue into the uh, bullpen they traded vince Velquez, who is a good starter he had that 16 strikeout no walk game last year got hurt but he's striking out a ton of guys this spring they traded him 
Mark Appel, who was a high-drafted pitcher. And they traded a few other guys, too, but not as high-named as them to the Phillies for Ken Giles to close. And Ken Giles didn't even close last year until the last half of the season. Yeah, that was a huge trade. I mean, the Phillies got a huge haul. Oh, it was just it was a good trade for the Phillies. I can't believe it happened for a closer, but you know, Ken Giles has, you know, 5 years of control at the time of the trade. So, you look at some of these contracts the closers are getting and you're like, "Okay, maybe, but every time they're using some guy that seems like a marginal guy in the rotation, they're going to say, "Could have been Vince Villaquez. Maybe Mark Appel was ready. Who knows?" But, you know, you have to live with the hand that you dealt yourself sometimes. So this, they're going to try to make do with this rotation. And it's a good rotation if they stay healthy, but they have yeah. to stay healthy. Uh, bullpen's pretty good. Tony Sipp, Will Harris, Luke Gregerson, Ken Giles. Luke Gregerson pitched good in the World Baseball Classic. So this is a team that they got the lineup. They got good pitching. I'm expecting big things from the Astros this year. Yeah, I think we all, we all are. You know, they have that good young core. They have good pitching. Uh, bullpen's in place. Uh, I like A.J. Hinch. So, uh, you know. They got good, and and they have a strong bench, and they still have good prospects. They are one of the top teams right now to get, to have the pieces to trade for Jose Quintana. Um, Their top prospects, a pitcher by the name of Francis Martes, maybe it's pronounced Martes, I'm not sure, but everyone raves over him. Yeah. So they're talking like, do they want four years of Jose Quintana for the six of Martis, who may not even be in the majors yet this year. I don't know. But they'll have to package him with Preston Tucker, who is an outfield prospect they have, and probably a couple other pieces to be able to get Jose Quintana. So I, they got the pieces to make a move for pitching. If Quintana's not there, they might be able to talk to the Rays about Chris Archer. So, you know, they, someone's even thrown Sonny Gray's name out there, but I'm not sure the Athletics would trade. Okay, Billy Bean will trade with anybody. Oh, yeah. But... I'd think they'd probably field offers from teams that's not in their division first. Yeah. Plus, no, Sonny Gray's already hurt this year. Yeah. Had a bad year last year. Who knows what's going to happen? So they got you know Kyle Tucker, Daz Cameron, who's Mike Cameron's son. He's in their process. He's in oh. their system. Uh, T. Oscar Hernandez, Forrest Whitley, David Polino, all names that you may hear in trade rumors. Not all these guys. You know the Astros are like the Cubs light. They got a lot of prospects and not places to. Playing, so they're going to be traded. Um, so I'm expecting big things from the Astros. Someone, you know, in 2013, was it SI that or ESPN yes. that declared 2017 Houston Astros championship? It, it was uh, Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated declared that 2017 the Astros were going to win the World Series, and the Astros have the team to do it. Yeah, and that would definitely be an interesting mix. I'm still not completely set on my World Series picks yet, so. You- I like that you're trying to throw little tidbits out to convince me. Uh, so, Lucas, anything before we move on to the Oakland Athletics? No, that, that about sums up the Astros right now. So I actually have some really good and interesting notes on the A's to start them off. So under the old collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball, the A's got a small market revenue sharing, which is about $30 million a year, uh, even though they're in the Bay Area, which is the fourth this, biggest like, market yeah. in the United States. And that was because they were their stadium situation. They were having to share the stadium with the Raiders. And the new CBA is phasing out that money to encourage the A's to build a new stadium because currently they're getting $30 million a year to not build a new stadium. And their stadium sucks. That's why. Yeah, you always hear stories about sewage, drain, yeah. like 
pipes busting and locker rooms smelling like shit. So <laughs> yeah, you know that stadium's trash. I think you've actually been to that stadium. I have. You? It is not impressive at all. <laughs> uh, they actually have the uh, extra football seats, uh, football stadium seats, out in the parking lot. Like it's, oh, that'd be cool to see. I, it's cool to see. Well, I mean, that's why that's why your Raiders are moving to Las Vegas is because of the shit stadium they have in Oakland. Yeah, you and know, no one wanted to work with. Them. Yeah, votes just came through, and uh, earlier this week, and the Raiders are on their way to Las Vegas in the next two years. Uh, and on that note, you know, talking about the a stadium situation, the Warriors are actually leaving Oakland for San Fran- a new stadium in San Francisco in two years so essentially is oakland and alameda county going to come up with some sort of stadium solution with a's ownership or are they going to risk losing all three professional sports teams within a year you know it seems like the city really needs to decide what they want to do they have a lot of pride with the a's i mean the a's they started in philadelphia moved to kansas Kansas City. city and then now they're in oakland and they they won several World Series championships in the seventies. Um, they won some with uh, Tony La Russa and the Bash yep. Brothers, one or two with them, I think. Yeah. They just won. I maybe. think it was just one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, who yeah. just took a job with the Oakland A's. Oh is a, yeah. I don't know if he's a broadcaster or he, on he's field a guy. Broadcaster okay. pre and post game. Okay. okay, that's okay. Yeah, that would be fun. That should be real fun if you guys follow him on Twitter. He, oh man. You know, I just, that's... I just flashback to when he cut his finger off and he was talking about it on twitter <laughs> yeah so uh you know that's that's interesting we've never seen a city lose three pro sports teams within a year and i guess there's a big hold up they want to move to san jose but the giants own the market rights to san jose so they can't and it's kind of like we talked about in that uh the al east podcast with the rays there's where are they gonna go vegas again uh, right, Portland? yeah, there's no way I Vegas mean, can... I just We just need to pump the brakes on sending teams to Vegas right now. Uh, did you read my piece on the uh, Raiders moving to Vegas and what I think that's going to do to the Golden Knights, their new NHL team? Oh, I definitely think it'll hurt the, the Golden Knights. The, yeah. But the thing with the Golden... I mean, the seasons overlap, but the things with the Golden Knights is they're going to have a lot more home games than the, the Raiders will, yeah. obviously, because they'll play 10 games. Only eight real games. Who gives a shit about the preseason? They yeah. should cut that down to about two games anyways. But... And quit making season ticket holders pay for those <laughs> so, preseason I mean, games. Oakland's not gonna Oakland's not gonna lose three teams in a year. It'll be a few more years if Oakland ever leaves. Yeah. But, you know, Rob Manford said he wants to figure out what's going on in Tampa and Oakland before any sort of expansion. So maybe relocation has to happen before expansion. I don't think they Baseball wants Tampa to have a team. Baseball wants Oakland to have a team, and they want to expand. But they got to have stadiums to play in. Yeah, and I mean, we talked the other day, and I really want to do a podcast where we just talk relocation and expansion for the four major sports. I think it'd right. be a lot of fun. And teams, you know, people now are kind of balking at taxpayer money. Yeah. And, you know, but Oakland said, you know, they had like a last-ditch effort to keep the Raiders, but, you know, Roger Goodell and Mark Davis and them guys were just like, sorry, we've been trying for literally 10 years to get something going. Yeah. No one wanted to play ball. So hopefully, you know, the A's uh, will, you know, maybe they'll their owners will pitch in a lot more or someone else will buy the team. Yeah. Larry Ellison would be yeah, I've, to go buy the team. I've wanted Larry Ellison and, to buy the A's for like 10 years now. Right. He just will show no disregard if he didn't want to. 
on paying for a stadium or any of the players. Yeah. So looking at the A's this year, uh, what I, we've kind of we've hit on the A's a little bit in some previous podcast. Uh, what do you got for us, Lucas? Uh, Rajay Davis playing center field. He hasn't been a full-time center fielder in a couple of seasons, maybe yeah. four or five seasons. So, I mean, they, they kind of have him penciled in there right now, but the A's are famous for their platoons of almost every position, whatever they think they can do. So you have to take this lineup with a grain of salt, but these are the guys you're probably going to hear most about if you're an A's fan. Davis, Stephen Vogt catching, Ryan Healy DHing, who they really like, who I never heard of until I found out he hit like – 20 home runs in like 60 games last year. Yeah. A few more games than that. But he's got massive power. Chris Davis, the Chris with the K, who played on the Mexican uh, World Baseball Classic team, ton of power. Yeah. Um, he has just as much power as Oak, uh, Baltimore Chris Davis. I think combined, the Chris Davis has had like 90 home runs last year or something. Man. It's crazy. Um, Matt Joyce found another job. Marcus Simeon's still going to be their shortstop. Jed Lowry at second, Yonder Alonso playing first, Trevor Plouffe, formerly of the Indians, at third. Uh, they have Jake Smolinski, Mark Kana, Alejandro Diaz was on their spring team. So, I mean, this is a lineup of guys that have played in other places yeah. where they've probably seen some of their better days in other places, to be honest. And we, we hit on this in the AL East podcast when we were talking about Josh Donaldson. Uh, A's fans are going to get a little bit sick thinking about how you could have had Josh Donaldson and Addison Russell on the left side of your infield right now. No disrespect to Trevor Plouffe or Marcus, Marcus Simeon, but yeah. But it's not Addison Russell and Josh Donaldson. Yeah. So, but, you know, they got Kendall Graveman, who is one of their better pitchers in that Donaldson trade, and they got Franklin Barreto, who's going to be their shortstop of the future. It's supposed to have a bright future. Graveman is a good pitcher. So they're not going to leave empty-handed with Donaldson, but when Donaldson's putting up a war that's right under Mike Trout's, you're going to have to have, I mean, Barreto and Graveman's going to have to start combining for, you know, an 11 war to say they came out ahead in that trade, and honestly, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, so, uh, Lucas, what do you have for their pitching staff? The most recognizable name is Sonny Gray. Hurt last year. They thought about trading him last year, but you couldn't because he was hurt. He's already hurt going into this year. So they really need him to get back soon and really produce before July so they can trade him because they have to trade him. This is rebuilding team. Um, Then you got Sean Manea who came over from the Royals in the Ben Zobers trade. Oh. So Royals fans, you're okay with that. And you know, Sean Manea, you could probably use him in your rotation this yeah. year. But you have a World Series and Ben Zobris a big part of that World Series winning Royals. Oh, uh, absolutely he was. Uh Kendall Graven we already touched on. He's gonna be a starter. Jarrell Cotton, they're huge on him. I'm huge on him. Him and Frankie Montes came over from the Dodgers when they traded Reddick and Rich Hill last year to the Dodgers. Okay. So I, I really like Jarrell Cotton. Frankie Montes, if he sees the majors this year, probably is a reliever, not a starter. Andrew Triggs maybe getting some starts in the big leagues for the athletics. This this rotation actually has a lot of potential. That's why I'm saying you can't count out a Billy Bean team because he may just as well, you know, if they're in it come July and the rotation's still looking good and living up to their potential – he might trade some guys for some guys that hell. He's not afraid to do that. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't have uh, Aston Russell right now because he wanted uh, uh, 
who they get for him? Shark, uh, Shark, and yeah. Jason Hamill. For you know, and you need, and they traded Cespedes for Lester that year too. So and Les Cespedes, big talent, and Billy Bean was like, we can have offense without him. We need pitching right now. And you know what? They lost in that extra inning game against the Royals, one of the more exciting wild card games we've seen. But oh, man, that was amazing, man. So Billy Bean's not not scared. That's why I don't have high expectations for this team. But it's not one of them. If they are at eighty-seven wins at the end of the year, you're not going to be shocked. You're not going to say, "Wow, how did that happen?" You just can't do that with this the A's. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking at their bullpen, uh, what do you have? I see they got Ryan Madsen back for yeah, another year. Ryan Madsen, he may open as their closer, uh, depending on Doolittle's health. But Sean Doolittle's pretty good as well. The Santiago Casilla, formerly of the Giants, went across and, the Bay Bridge. And John Axford, who I don't even know if he made the team, probably not. He didn't pitch great in the World Baseball Classic, but yeah. it was Team Canada. And nobody expected anything. So, you know, the the bullpen's not bad. The starting pitch, their strengths in their starting pitching, it's just their pitching's going to be very young. So, you know, they got the talent. Likely, though, the likeliest outcome is Billy Bean trading some guys and trying to get some prospects back, you know trying to see what he can get for... They'll probably hold on to Chris Davis and Ryan Healy, but I'd say anyone else is open for business. Yeah, and what do you have as far as their prospects they do have in Well, place? we mentioned Fran- Frankie Montes and Franklin Barreto. Um, A.J. Puck and Grant Holmes, both starting pitching. I've heard A.J. Puck. Where have I heard? Was he in he one was of these in, trades? He was... No, they drafted him last year. He was one of their higher draft picks. Oh, okay. Last okay. year, so... That's why we. I've maybe seen him in some mock drafts. Yeah. Yeah. So he. So they do have some some prospects down there, but you know how Billy Bean is. It's trade, acquire, draft, trade, sign some fringe guys, platoon them. But you know, you always just wonder what Billy Bean would do if he had a two hundred million dollar payroll. Yeah. Something to think about. Larry Ellison, step up to the plate whenever. You get a good general manager. So, Lucas, do you have anything on the A's this year, or are you ready to move on to? Now let's the... just move on. Bob Melvin and them—they'll try to win. They might win. They yeah. might—you know—I don't think anything they do. I'm not going to be surprised. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and so moving on, our next team is the Seattle Mariners of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And so some moves they made this offseason that I noted were uh, Gerard Dyson for getting him from Kansas City. Uh, Gene Segura and Drew Smiley. Do you have any more uh, moves or anything before you get into their lineup, or you want to talk how those guys fit into their lineup? No, well, let's just talk about the lineup here. You, they like Gerard Dyson's speed. If he can get on base enough, he'll be the leadoff guy. That's yet to be seen. We'll find out. Gene Segura, great year last year. They're hoping that translates into the American League. Robbie Cano, Nelson Cruz, uh, obviously two just fantastic guys you like in the middle of your order. Robbie Cano is will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Nelson Cruz not so much because he kind of seemed like he kind of got a late start on his career. But yeah. If he had, you know, if he had several years left, you could make a case that, but man, he just crushes and still does it even at a slightly older age. And you got Corey Seager's older brother, Kyle, at third base, who's really broke out the last couple of years. He's overshadowed because you don't hear a lot about Seattle because it's the northern northwestern most market so they're not widespread team and he's overshadowed by Cruz and Cano as well but Kyle Seager 
He's you know not as good as Corey, but he's right up there. He's good. They, uh, I actually seen a thing where someone said that he had a chance to be MVP this year. I don't believe it, but that means they like his style. So bold you know. strategy, Cotton. Mike Zanino catching. I had uh, Dan Vogelbach starting at first base. He was a first baseman in the Cubs system for a long time. Lots of power. Obviously was blocked by Rizzo. They traded him for Mike Montgomery. I read the other day that he may start in Triple A. So with that, I don't really know who's going to be their first baseman um, right now unless it's going to be Danny Valencia or maybe Chooch, who's on the team, Carlos Ruiz. Maybe he plays a little first base. Don't know. Um, yeah, in my notes, I have uh, Danny Valencia starting at first base. Yeah, hitting. so that's likely who yeah. it will be. But Dan Vogelbach did play first base for him some last year. It just remains to be seen. He's got a great hit tool. He's more of a DH-type guy than he is a first baseman. Not that athletic, but, you know, he can't DH because that's where Nelson Cruz is, and you don't want him in the outfield. Oh, he no. He cost the Rangers a World Series one time. Got one for the Cardinals, though. <laughs> Leonis Marte, Martin starting in center field. And I got Benjamin Gamble down in left field, but they got a few other younger outfielder types they like. I think they're going to do a lot of mix and matching in their outfield this year, though. I really do. Yeah. And, you know, looking at their rotation, you can't think of the Seattle Mariners rotation without thinking of King Felix. I mean, he's been the face of the franchise for a decade now. Yeah, And he had a down year last year, but... They said this last offseason he put on, you know, some muscle. So he's trying to stay healthier. They're hoping for a huge bounce-back year from him. They got Hisashi Wakima, been solid throughout his career. Yeah, absolutely. Drew Smiley, James Paxton, Giovanni Gallardo. They got Chris Heston, who threw a no-hitter in 2015 from the Giants. Hmm. So they got some starting pitching uh, uh, prospects. Uh, Ariel Miranda. Um, may get some started some starts this year. This is not a bad rotation. No, not I don't at all. Hate it at all. Yeah, and and of course, if you move on to their bullpen, I also like it. They got Pat Vendette, who is a lefty slash righty pitcher. He's got that special glove. Oh, made where he can, I love yeah, it. Ar- Archimedes Caminero, one of my favorite names in baseball. Steve Sychek, who oh. Former Cardinals great. Also Marlins great, by the way. Yes, he was. Uh, So they they don't know what they still have in him anymore. He's kind of washed up a little bit. Yeah. Edwin Diaz, stud. Yeah. He was going to be a starter for them, and they decided to use him in the bullpen, and he's just so damn good. They moved him just using two pitches, just so damn good. He's the best closer in AOS probably. Wow. Could be in the American League. Well, that's probably Zach Britton. And then... Uh, Chapman. Yeah, but I would say Diaz is number three. I would take wow. him number three over anyone else. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like that the the Mariners have made some moves these last couple of years. Uh, you know, Robbie Cano. I thought Robbie Cano was going to have like a uh, Richie Sexton type contract contract in Seattle. You know, where you just go up there and die. Yeah, I mean, wasn't Beltre in? Beltre went from the Dodgers to Seattle yeah. for. A while, and you didn't hear anything about him. Yeah. He comes down to, the, he played like half a season or a season for the Red Sox, then goes to the Rangers, and he's having all this stud. And then next thing you know, they're like, oh, he's going to have 500 home runs and 3,000 hits in the next couple of years. Yeah. You're like, what? No idea. Yeah. No idea that was happening. And now you look at it, and Adrian Beltre, surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think guys get lost in Seattle. Uh, it's been, you know, 
over 10 years since, you know, you've really thought of the Mariners as having a great team that's going to make a run at the World Series. And well, so when people, when you think Mariners, you got different eras divided by almost 10 years that pop into your mind. Oh, yeah. Because you got this team now that's got Cruz and Cano, but then you think back to the Ichiro years when they were good and won 116 games. And then you think back to Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, John Olerun. Brett uh, Boone. Brett Boone. Jay uh, Buhner. Jay Buhner. You know, the list goes on. Like, them teams, you know, A-Rod, King Griffey Jr., both at the same damn time. And Jamie Moyer. Like, what if they locked up A-Rod and King Griffey Jr. long-term deals with that? My God. Oh, man, I mean... With you, Edgar you Martinez, to... I mean, think how many Hall of Famers on our team. Edgar Martinez should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Randy Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. Ken Griffey's in the Hall of Fame. A-Rod should be in the Hall of Fame when his time comes. Yeah, it's and incredible. You know what? I'd put John Allerud in the Hall of Fame. What about you? Yeah, you know he didn't play... Um, I I saw... I read something sometime when where he didn't play a minor league game until he was in his mid-30s, and he was playing for the Red Sox. Yeah, that was his first minor league game. John Allerud... Man, highly underrated career. Oh, absolutely. And Lucas, do you have anything more for for us on the Mariners? You know, don't count these guys out either. I keep saying it, but they could win this. I mean, I think the Astros are the favorite in the division, but don't count out the Mariners. They got a solid rotation. They got some guys with some power in the lineup. They're hoping Dyson and Segura get on base for Cano and Cruz and Seager. So, don't count these guys out, but they have to have health. That is the thing that if King Felix is hurt, if Iwakum is hurt, Drew Smiley's had some problems in his career, them guys get banged up, they don't have a chance. Oh, yeah. And so, moving on to our last team in the AL West, the Texas Rangers. So, my first highlight is Mike Napoli is back. He was part of that scariest lineup in baseball in 2010-2011 where he caught and hit like eighth. With thirty plus home run power, it was a flashback to steroid era. Oh yeah, we so much. Oh yeah, absolutely, we do. Uh, you know their lineup's always good. They're always scoring runs. Uh, pitching depth is always tough in Texas. We talked about that in an earlier podcast. And uh, Bel- I saw that uh, Beltre. I put Beltre- Beltron, but uh, Beltre, Adrian Beltre, was within sixty hits of three thousand. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks and like... he may start the season on the DL, actually. Uh, but the DL is only 10 days long now. So oh, I didn't know miss that. the first week of the... You know, first seven games, probably. Yeah. There's a lot... It seems like there's more breaks in April. Yeah, there are. Than any there other are. season. It's annoying to me. But, anyway, so he may be back before too long. His projected date was, like, the middle of May. Late May, maybe, to get his 3,000th hit. So, we'll be on the watch for that this year. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so, Lucas, what do you have for us on their starting lineup? Well, you got your usual suspects on this team, and they may change up the order. There'll be some guys playing certain days and some guys not. But they signed back Carlos Gomez, who was great for the Brewers, went to the Astros and, like, died. They traded him. They traded for him last year, and he kind of had decent with Texas. So he liked it, and he stayed. Since Shin Su Chu... Sorry about that, guys. It's just his name kind of rhymes. It's, it's, <laughs> I named my uh, fantasy team after him one year, Big League Chew. Yes. So I had that going for me, and I had him on my team when he was really, really good. Yeah. So they're hoping he bounced back. He had some injury problems. They signed him to a pretty hefty deal. Oh. Uh, but, you know, he's good when he plays. Absolutely. And he was great in Cincinnati. 
uh, middle of the lineup, you're looking at Adrian Beltre, Mike Napoli, Runet Odor, and Jonathan. Wicked Lecroy. right hook from Rick Runet Odor. Yeah. So, you know, people always complain about brawls and fighting baseball. I like them. You know, I don't see a problem with it. Him and Joey Bats wants to go at it again. Sign me up. Oh, hell yeah. That's why I love hockey, man. But, uh, you know, I can only think of three really good fights. Like, because, you know, most times, like, they get broke up or maybe someone gets a sunker punch. I bet we're getting ready to talk about a former Rangers great. Yes, we are. When Nolan (laughs) Ryan Ryan beat the hell out of Robin Ventura. (laughs) Got him into the headlock and started just whooping his ass WWF style. And, oh, that's uh, priceless. Then the other one I was thinking of was former Cub great Kyle Farnsworth. Oh, and uh, who did he fight? Someone on the Reds. Yeah, it was, was a pitcher. Sean, Sean Marshall. Yeah. Of the Reds. Oh, man. Kyle and he Farnsworth just murdered him. Everyone yeah. was like, no one that Fs with Kyle Farnsworth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, it's always good when you get to see a good fight. And, man, Odor just landed that square just on the jaw. Solid. Yeah. Oh, I've been on the receiving end of a <laughs> solid hit like that before. Not fun for Joey Bats, but he does get a 10 for not buckling his knees and falling down to the ground. Yeah, Joey took that hit like a champ. He took it like a man. You yeah. got, you know, you can say what you want to about him, more Runet. Solid punch, solid take. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> Lucas, what do you have on the rest of that lineup? Uh, Nomar Mazera came up last year, was a rookie. Lots of talent. Oh, Love yeah. him. Going to be a superstar. Um, Elvis Andrews, longtime shortstop for him. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you're going to get with him. And their DH, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, Joey Gallo, that seems like a good spot for him. Yeah. And But he just hasn't been able to stick in the majors yet. He's that third guy from Las Vegas that's supposed to have all the power. Yeah. Bryce Harper, Chris, Chris Bryant, Bryant, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo played with them on, played with and against them on their little league teams and some of their mm-hmm. AAU teams. He just, you know, they still love him, though. Teams still try to trade for him. And you just don't know what you're going to get with him. It's the same with Jerks and Profar. Like, where's he going to play? Because he also hasn't done enough to stick around yet. And it's one of these lineups where where are they going to play? Absolutely. Uh, There's not really a spot for him, so they either need to trade him or something. Obviously, I'm in favor of keeping as much talent as you can because injuries are going to happen. Yeah. Especially with Chu. Don't, I don't, you know, he's getting older, might get hurt. Beltray starting the year on the DL. I'm not even sure who plays is going to play third for them if he's on the DL. Maybe, this maybe Mike Profar Olden. can. No, I don't think so. Okay. Last time I knew of him, he got cut by the Cubs when they called Chris Bryant up. Ah. Uh, Rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, on their bench, though, they have Profar. They had Josh Hamilton row down here, but I'm pretty sure he got cut the other day. Uh, the Angels were paying him anyways. I think he's hurt, had another knee surgery, and they're just tired of tired of it but they got delino de shields son junior delino de shields junior yes. yes so he's he plays some outfield and you know i was reading someone today and they had one of their predictions that he has 50 steals this year so maybe he's going to play left field and choose going to dh or i don't know this lineup scott does have some flexibility in it yeah. which i like and they do have a decent bench which i like too so that's going to get us into the bread and butter of this team of whether they're going to make a serious run yeah. or not so their starting rotation, which like we hit on earlier, is you know they're always needing pitching depth. They even the when they went to the World Series back to back years, we talked about in an earlier podcast, they didn't have great pitching depth, and you know some of the guys were pretty pedestrian that got them there. And so they do have a great one-two punch in Cole Hamels and Yu Darvish, who. I heard this crazy rumor the other day that you Darvish might get traded to the Rockies. <laughs> I heard that too. I have no idea 
where that rumor came from, but I'm behind it 100%. The Rangers fall out of contention by July 28th. Expect you Darvish in Colorado, guys. Yeah, and uh, so some other guys in their rotation are uh, Martin Martin Perez, uh, Dylan G, A.J. Griffin, uh, Kashner, and Ross, but they're both hurt, right? Yes, Ross, thoracic outlet surgery last year, signed with the Rangers, maybe back by June. They really need him to come back and be live up to his potential. They gave Kashner a $10 million deal. Everyone was like, why the hell did you guys do that? <laughs> And then he gets hurt in yeah. spring training. So, you know, not a deep starting rotation. But if they can get him to the playoffs, they can really rely on Cole Hamels and you, Darvish. Yeah. So that's the thing is get to the playoffs and hoping Hamels and Darvish can hoss up like a mad bum or somebody yeah. and carry him throughout the playoffs. And Rangers uh, management, if you're looking for a right-handed pitcher, there's this guy named Ian Kennedy that I'm sure the Royals would love to dump some salary on. Yes. Uh, so there's always, I'm sure a bunch of teams, they probably do what we do. They probably like call up the Rangers and like, Hey, I got these two really average pitchers that are getting overpaid. Do you need them? I know you guys need them. Yeah. I know you need them. <laughs> so uh, what do you have on their bullpen, Lucas? Sam Dyson's going to open the season with a closure. I think Kyle Loesch is on the team, maybe pitching out of the bullpen. Hell, maybe he can start former Cardinal great. <laughs> Actually, he pitched really good for the Brewers there for he a did. while. So, I don't know if he has anything left, though. Jake Diekman, Jeremy Jeffress, who I think Jeffress was like an alcoholic or something. Missed some time last year. Hmm. And then you got Matt Bush, who was a party guy, alcoholic, killed a guy. He went to jail. Well, I don't think he, that guy no, died. No, he didn't No, die. that guy lived in he. But, but this but he went he did, to jail. He did like almost three years in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And then he came back and like he has a the Rangers have him a guy assigned to follows him around or whatever, and then his dad I think lives with him full time now or something. Um man, and he pitched good last year. He though. did, and he was the number one pick uh years ago, two thousand four ish. His long time as a shortstop yeah. in the Padres in organization, and that was kind of the story of his minor league career as he was getting in trouble over alcohol, you know, getting in a fight, doing something, and then it hopefully, you know, you see a Josh Hamilton-type deal with him where the Rangers are able to put him in a place to be successful moving forward because you always want to see everyone succeed, but, you know, people with unique and talent. He's got, he does have unique talent. That is one thing. Um, yeah, he was actually working at a Golden Corral, I think, and they, like, a scout came or something and played catch with him and was like, Holy shit. He can still throw. <laughs> Man. So, you know, so hopefully he stays clean. Um, getting down to their prospects, they've traded most of them away. Yeah. They've, you know, huge haul to the Phillies for Cole Hamels. You know, Jorge Alfaro was the cream of that crop. Um, a couple pitchers. Six of their top ten prospects are starting pitchers. So they're deep there, but they're not close to being ready. Yeah. Uh, and, again, their two main Guys that are still technically prospects are Joey Gallo and Jerks and Profar, although I feel like we've been talking about them for three or four years now. Yeah, we so, have. So, you know, Profar, you just have to wait and see what you get with them. Profar in, like, before 2012, after 2012, there was the talk of uh, Oscar Tavares for Jerks and Profar. So that's how long Profar has been a prospect, like a major league-ready prospect in people's eyes. And so – Got to see what you're going to get out of him. So, Lucas, you ready to get into these predictions? Yeah, let's let's hit them. All right, go ahead and start us off. I have the Astros winning the West in a close one at 92 wins. 
The Rangers have 91 wins. The Mariners have 84. Um, I'm going to leave that with a caveat, though, that the Mariners may very well have 90 wins in the thick of that division race. Angels, I have them as a 500 team. I think they're going to overperform a little more than what we think. So, got them right around at 81-81. And I have the A's at 73 wins. But as I mentioned before, don't count out a Billy Bean team. Likely, they're not going to be that good. He trades for prospects. Unlikely, but possible, that pitching staff stays healthy. They pitch up to their potential. They score just enough runs and play just enough defense to be there in the thick of it. Yeah, and uh, mine looks pretty much the same, just flip-flop the top two teams. I have the Rangers winning the West at 95 games, the Astros at 89, Seattle at 86, the Angels I have a little bit underachieving at at 75 wins, and then in last place I have the A's at 67 wins. Although that team, like you said, they could win 90 games, they could win 50 games. Yeah, I really think so. They're a couple of injuries or a couple of trades away from, you know, either going either they'll way. Be, yeah, they'll be, you know, likely they're sellers, unlikely they're buyers, but it could happen. Yeah, and so that rounds up our AL West uh, podcast, and we've really enjoyed getting to do these, and have enjoyed. I've liked the feedback that we've gotten from coast to coast on uh, people telling us that they like it or they enjoyed it. And we really tried to do this in a little bit of a unique way where we, you know, a lot of baseball talk is very regional in the United States. It is. People like their team. Maybe a couple of teams care about their division. And so we were able to hit on all of those. And Lucas brought some unique stuff to the table, talking prospects, talking uh, teams, starting rotation. And we tried to be entertaining uh, because I think that, Lucas, I think you can agree, sometimes baseball previews – Real in-depth baseball talk can get a little bland at times. And so we try to do something unique, and uh, we really enjoyed getting to do it. Uh, Hopefully you guys keep sharing and uh, liking that. Uh, We appreciate everyone who has listened and hope that you all look forward to hearing more from us. Yeah, I agree. It's been fun doing this. I hope at the very least you learn a little something. Not everything I said is going to be accurate. not everything Devin says is going to be accurate. Baseball is a fluid game. Yeah. And especially in today's game, you don't set a lineup game one, and that's the lineup you use game 162. There's more platoons. There's more, you know, with the shorter DL time, I expect there to be more DL stints. Yeah. I really do because, you know, you get a sprained ankle. Let's slap him for 10 days on there. You know, 15 days seems, you know, that's half a month. It just doesn't seem, 10 days just doesn't seem as long as 15. Yeah. Even though, you know, it's only two-thirds of it, but, you know, you get your guy back sooner. So there's going to be a lot more moving uh, parts this year in, the, in baseball. I really do think that. So hopefully at the very least you, you will recognize some names when you're watching SportsCenter or MLB Tonight on MLB Network, which is what I prefer. Um, or, you know, or if you go watch a game in person, you may say, hey, I heard about that guy. Yeah. And hopefully some of these guys do what I say they're going to do so I don't look like a complete jackass. Yeah, and you it's – it's not that easy. If it were, you know, to be able to pick out prospects that were going to be great, then we would be general <laughs> Every, managers. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't yeah. be doing a podcast yeah, from definitely. my guest would... bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, but no, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. For Lucas Jones, I am Devin Keeney. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast.